This is the Truth Network. Well, I left Kentucky back in 49 and went to Detroit working on assembly line. The first year they had me putting wheels on Cadillacs. Every day I'd watch them beauties roll by and sometimes I'd hang my head and cry because I always wanted me one that was long and black. One day I devised myself a plan that should be the envy of most any man. I'd sneak it out of there in the lunchbox in my hand. Christian Carguy Radio Show. I say this calls for action and now. I got it one piece at a time and it didn't cost me a dime. You'll know it's me when I come through your town. You might say I went right up to the factory and picked it up. It's cheaper that way. Uh, what model is it? Well, it's a 49, 50, 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59 automobile. Well, good morning and welcome to the Christian Car Guy Show. That's a little different intro than uh, normal, and probably if you are a regular listener, this is a little different voice than normal as well. Robbie Dillmore is uh, not with us this morning. Um, he's been uh, out and uh, under the weather this week, but I think he's feeling better uh, this morning and uh, well on his way to Birmingham, Alabama. He's probably you know somewhere around. Uh, Pelham or something right now on his way down to visit his daughter in in uh, Birmingham at Samford University and we're happy about that I am Darren Kuhn and I'm going to be hosting the show for you this morning and we're going to be talking about building things one piece at a time and uh, the main thing that we're talking about building this morning is is our own souls our own lives as God does that but we're going to talk about it in the context of of a car and uh, the restoration process that goes on a lot of times with cars. And so we would love for you to call in this morning and talk to us about uh, your experience with restoring old cars. And so I'll tell you a little story uh, of mine and uh, we'll, we'll kind of go there. But this morning we're going to be talking about how God entices us into this restoration project and maybe you've felt that enticement before to to get involved in some sort of a restoration project could have been a house um, could have been a car uh, something else maybe an old tractor Um, but there are all sorts of restoration projects that especially we as men but I think a lot of women too I think way more women than we give them credit for um, love these restoration projects and uh, my wife is really enjoying restoring old furniture right now. Every time I turn around, she brings home a piece of old furniture. And because I'm a carpenter by trade, um, you know, I end up involved in that. And that's okay, too. But so God entices us with something to restore. We, we see something. We realize the beauty it once had, the power that it once had, um, the 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 sense of home and community it once had, and we decide we want to restore it. It happens with everything from furniture to cities, literally. But that process of restoring has a lot of steps to it, first of all. Um, So there's this enticement phase where somehow or another, God entices us with our own desires to restore something. But then there comes a disruption, 
some sort of disruption, whether it's we can't get the finances for it or we get the thing and then something happens to us and we can't move forward with the project, um, something like that. But then there's after the disruption phase, a lot of times there's also a dismantling phase where we're literally taking it apart piece by piece um, and finding out what's in there or what we wish weren't there, perhaps, Um which, you know, as you're dismantling an old car, that happens. You find the rust. You find where somebody started a project before and thought they were going to restore it. And they, you know, piecemealed a project in there and instead of fixing it correctly. Uh, and then there's the process of healing that brokenness, whatever that is with the, the car, the house, the furniture, um, the life. And then there's the final restoration part where it's finally restored and we can take it out on, uh, you know, on the streets and, and display it before the world and let the glory that God put in that thing, whether it's a car or whether it's a you, um, be released upon the world. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. Um, I personally am, am really going through a restoration project right now and it's on my own body. Uh, and I'm not real happy about that, but I, I can see where, you know, the, the good stuff is coming down the line. But, but I want to go all the way back to um, the early 80s um, when I first started driving was about 1980. And when I was only 14, my dad came home from work one day and said, get in the car. We're going we're gonna to go pick up your car. And I didn't have a clue what he was talking about, but he had found a 1965 Barracuda um, Formula S, and he bought it for $125. It needed some work, obviously, for $125, uh, and this was in about 1978. But he bought the car, brought it home. And it was going to be my project car, my restoration project for the next two or three years as I was getting old enough to drive and, and being able to work on things at, at home uh, in our garage. And Dad and I done, had done a lot of those types of projects anyway, and so I was super excited about it. I had always wanted a 65 Barracuda, and the main reason I did is because my dad was he was a gearhead when he was younger. My dad was a super cool dude, and he had everything from 30 Model A Fords with a 426 Hemi head in it, um, wheelie bars on the back, chop top, the whole nine yards, to 57 uh, Pontiac convertibles, um, a 57 Chevy Nomad that was hopped up, and and uh, lots of different muscle cars, but he had had a brand spanking new bright red 65 Barracuda 273 Commando. And so that, to me, was the coolest car on earth. And I used to look through our photo albums at home and see that car and my dad young and, and strong and, and excited about life. And I used to think, man, Dad, why did you ever get rid of that car? I wish you had never gotten rid of that car. Well, it kind of got him thinking that as well, I guess. And so his son's growing up, getting to the point where, um, you know, he would like to have a car. And uh, so Dad, as a wonderful gift to me, went out and bought this car for me. It needed some work. 
the the freeze plugs were blown out of it. It had been sitting in a field for several years. The floorboards were rusted out in it. It had some body damage in a couple of little spots. The rings were shot in the engine. You know, the smoke was blue coming out the tailpipe. But to me, it was the coolest car in the world. Somebody had put a six-barrel manifold on it and three two-barrel carburetors on it, and I thought I was going to restore the whole thing and keep it exactly like that. Found out later that wasn't going to be the case, but um, for a while, got to have fun with that. And uh, my sisters absolutely hated the car because it was ugly. It was baby blue and gray primer and dents in it and the floorboard rusted out and it was nasty but it was drivable and so they were older than me and so they got to drive my car more than i did um and uh, i'll tell you the reason why a little bit later but i would love to hear from you this morning if you would call in it's uh, 866-34-TRUTH wherever you're at in the country 866-34-TRUTH would love for you to call in this morning and talk to us about your restoration project the one you've started the one you've always dreamed about perhaps maybe you've never gotten to start it um or the or the one that you've finished would love to talk about those restoration projects um, especially if, if it's an old muscle car, just because that's close to me, but any kind of car would be awesome and maybe another project as well. So one of my favorite scriptures has become, um, John ten ten, where John says that the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. But right after that, Jesus says, and this is the part of the verse that we always remember is Jesus says, I've come to give life, or that you may have life and have it to the full. But right before Jesus said that, he also says that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And so, why are we so surprised when that thief shows up, when the killing and the, and the stealing and the destroying begins to happen in our lives? And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today, too, because inevitably, if you've ever started a restoration project like that, the thief shows up and some disruption begins to occur in our lives and causes us to think, oh no, maybe this wasn't what God had for me, or maybe this is going to be too tough for me to handle. So we're going to talk more about that after the break. In the meantime, if you would uh, call in 866-34-TRUTH, 866-34-TRUTH, we'd love to hear your restoration story. Robbie Delmore here, and the Truth Network podcasts have helped make my pillow the company it is today. And now Mike Lindell, who by the way I've met and is a great guy, the inventor and CEO of my pillow, wants to give back to our listeners. For the first time, you can get deep discounts on all my pillow products if you go to mypillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Who never thought that my dream job would be selling my pillows? <laughs> Maybe you're getting tired of these sleeping jokes, but you can get deep discounts on my pillow 
pillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. For example, the body pillow is regularly $89.99, but with a promo code GETTRUTH, it's only $29.99. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the body pillow for only $29.99. Enter promo code GETTRUTH or call 800-942-9613 for these great radio specials. You might say I went right up to the factory and picked it up. It's cheaper that way. Uh, what model is it? Well, it's a 49, 50, 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59 automobile. Well, welcome back to the Christian Car Guys show this morning. Robbie is not with us as much as, uh, you know, I know you're thinking, man. Every time I, you know, take a visitor to church, the guest speaker is speaking, you know, it's the third string guy or the fourth string guy as, you know, if you're me today. So Robbie's not with us today. I'm Darren Kuhn and filling in for him the best that I can. And this morning we're talking about restoration projects. We're talking about the process that, uh, you know, God entices us into some sort of a project, a restoration project, if you will. But before long, that project usually gets disrupted somehow, some way for some length of time. And and then there's some dismantling that happens and then there's some healing that happens. And then there's finally, you know, the restoration. And sometimes all of that struggle, the disruption and the dismantling and the healing feels like it's never going to end and that we're never going to finally make it to the, the restoration part of the project. But um so we're talking about that, and we would love for you to call in 866-34-TRUTH, wherever you're at in the in the United States right now. Again, we're live, 866-34-TRUTH. Would love to hear about your restoration project, what it is you're restoring, uh, how God enticed you to do it, and uh, the struggles maybe, uh, or the, the blessings, the joys that have come out of that. We've got Ray from South Carolina on the line, and he's going to be uh, talking to us about his restoration project. Ray, how you doing this morning? I'm hanging there in there, partner. I'm, uh, I may lose you. My cell phone battery's not the greatest, but uh, I've got a 65 GTO I'm re- redoing. Oh, man. I've had, uh, had a 64 when I was younger. Uh, a lot of things got in my way, and uh, I said, if I ever get old, I'll try another one. I think <laughs> we lost Ray, and uh, that is so cool, um, Ray, that, that we heard about that. If, if you get a chance to call back in, um, do it, uh, 866-34-TRUTH. 65 GTO, I remember um, uh, that was another car that I always wanted. A friend of mine had a 71 GTO when I was in high school, and, man, I was so in love with that car. It was such a cool car. Um Four speed on the floor, 455, big block motor, and uh, the thing would pop wheelies, literally. Um, you had to give it a little bit of help, you know, by kind of rocking it forth and, uh, you know, back and forth a little bit. But it, it literally would bring the front wheels off the ground. But I always wanted one of the older ones, the 65, 66, 67 model. Um, one of my uncles had a 67 GTO and uh, heard all kinds of stories uh, about, you know, that car and how cool of a car it was and um, have always wanted that. Now, you know, I was telling you earlier that uh, 
my dad had gone out and blessed me with this 65 Barracuda 273 Commando motor in it. And uh, um, if you don't know anything about cars, that means absolutely nothing to you. But if you know something about um, Chrysler products in general and, and the Plymouth, the, the 65 Barracuda was one of the first uh, real muscle cars of the time and and it was a it was a pretty unique car because it didn't have a solid frame under it like most cars it was a unibody car uh, Chrysler a body I believe uh, Robbie would be able to tell us more about that than me but it was a unibody car so it was a little bit lighter and they could put a smaller motor in it and there was two or three different motor packages um, that year they were all based on the the 273. But mine had a 273 Commando motor in it, and it somebody had put a, a three two-barrel carburetor uh, manifold system on it and three two-barrels on it. Had the Hearst shifter on the floor, uh, which was a phenomenal add-on as well, and and uh, ten and a half to one compression ratio pistons with the the higher cam in it, and it was just a cool car, even if it did burn oil and blow smoke out and all of that stuff. But I had begun the process of of rebuilding that motor and fixing up that car. However, uh, the disruptions came not too long after that. Now, my disruptions were my own fault. And sometimes our disruptions are our own fault. Not always. Uh, sometimes they are directly, you know, the, the, uh, the work of the enemy, if you will. Maybe the work of someone else or a, a job loss or uh, an illness or, or whatever. But in my case, it was impatience. Um, I had decided that, you know, I was a really good driver, even though I didn't have my driver's license yet. And uh, um, there was... You know, uh, we lived out on an acreage in the country, and and uh, my brother-in-law was stationed in Alaska at the time, and he had a 77 uh, four-wheel drive, short, narrow bed Dodge pickup sitting in my backyard with a nice roll cage on it and the fog lights and the wagon spoke wheels, and it was a beautiful little red truck. And uh, I decided that, you know, I was a really good driver, and since uh, my dad gave me the keys to the truck and let me move it as often as I needed to in order to mow the lawns in the summer um, and get underneath that and keep it from spotting up the backyard, that uh, I would take it and go for a joyride and take my friends out. And so one day we headed out to uh, a spot where there were some four-wheel drive trails not too far from my house with a couple of my buddies and we spent all day joyriding and having fun and and uh i was on the way back trying to get back to my house in time to wash the truck and clean it up before my dad got home before my sister got home uh to find her husband's truck um gone and uh on the way back trying to beat my dad home was going about as fast as you could go down a dirt road in Oklahoma where we have things called washboards. People in the rest of the country would call them washboards. But in Oklahoma, we called them washboards. And so I, I hit this uh, set of washboards and on the dirt road that I was in at about 70 miles an hour and ended up flipping the truck end over end 
which led to the disruption in my life and my 65 Barracuda. We'll talk more about that after the break. In the meantime, please call back in, uh, Ray, if you can. And if you're out there, 866-34-TRUTH. Would love to hear about your restoration project. From my head to my feet, my hands are cut and callous. And all my bucks on a broke down truck, broke down solid dollars. <laughs> well, this morning we're talking about our restoration projects, and I was broke down north of Dallas, actually, um, in uh, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, or pretty close to that. We are talking about those restoration projects that God has enticed you into and uh, then some of the disruption that happens, dismantling that happens in that, and uh, eventually the the healing and the restoration that goes on and how those projects teach us something. If you want to call in and be on on the show today, uh, 866-34-TRUTH. I'm Darren Kuhn sitting in for Robbie Dillmore, who's traveling through the Southeast this morning. And uh, he's listening. If you got anything you want to say to him. We also want to talk to you about Jesus' labor of love. Um, it's such a great ministry that Robbie and uh, several of his sponsors, um, you know, Ray's Body Shop and, and uh, um, Bob Young and so many others have been involved in over the, the years that you've been listening. And if you're new to the, the station, please go to uh, ChristianCarGuy.com. You can learn more about Jesus' labor of love but right now the the finances are are running pretty low with regard to jesus labor of love and if if people were to call in this week and need some help um getting some free labor uh to get done or uh you know if they can supply the parts uh, we try to get the labor supplied for them and and sometimes even more than that gets supplied but if if people called in this week and needed some financial help with that um, there's not a lot left in the coffers. So we really, really need your support this morning to, uh, to just go to ChristianCarGuy.com. Um, right on the front page, there's Jesus' Labor of Love. If you need to apply for assistance um, or if you would love to donate right now, I know that Robbie would, would love that, and uh, Jesus, I think, would be excited about it as well. So we've got uh, Sarah Lind on the line with us from uh, Washington State, beautiful place. Um, I love it there. And uh, Sherilyn, uh, tell us about your restoration project. Well, this is, uh, it's hard to remember my name, but it's Sarah Linda. And Sarah anyway, Linda, cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm sitting here, uh, and we had, uh, 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 I, you have been so encouraging this morning, because, well, we were supposed to be on our way, I was, uh, we were uh, going to a conference, which was a restoration project for both my daughter and I. Okay. <laughs> because I'm 92 and she's 30 years younger, but she has the job as a, a, a home care, uh, health, uh, home care health, uh, you know, giver. Uh-huh. But, and she's had to rearrange her work schedule. Uh, because uh, her daughter, my granddaughter, is going through um, chemo and with uh, some leukemia, uh, et cetera. Long story, but uh, it's been a very difficult time. But we 
I'd gotten all ready. Someone was going to take me early, uh, and I had everything packed. But uh, they had to leave early, and I, I just thought there was a, I, uh, I couldn't uh, get the last things together in time. And so, anyway, I, uh, we're on our way, and the, everything's going, you know, disrupting. We did, we missed the first meetings and all these <laughs> things. But I hear your program, and I think, yes, we'll make it. I, you know, it's going to be a, uh, we've missed the big the two of the meetings but we're going to be it's going to be a restoration project well for our all our situation 92 and i've you know talking about your old car well <laughs> outside well you know outside i'm 92 but inside i've got the new creation life and jesus we're 33 forever there you go, so, Sarah uh, Linda. Anyway, but my outside structure is uh, like that car. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you called in, Sarah Linda, because, you know, that disruption um, is probably, you know, from the enemy. And uh, and there's got to be something really, really great where you're headed to the Restoration Conference that you're going to. And there's going to be something spectacular there. There always is when it's that hard to get there. You know, the harder it is to get there, the the greater the blessing that God has in store for you. And I'm so glad that you called in. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And God bless you and and uh, on, on and on that on the restoration of those who need cars. Thank you so um, much on Jesus labor of love. Amen. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So we've we've got Ray back on the line from South Carolina and we've got we've got Aaron on the line from Portland, Oregon. I'll bring him on in just a second, but Ray, we lost you a minute ago. Tell us about that 65 GTO. Telling you my battery, I knew it was going. I just uh, <laughs> thought I had something I could stick in the in the plug there in my car to do to, uh, but I couldn't find the apparatus to do it with. So I lost uh, lost you there. But yeah, I found a a car, and I've been all carring up most of my life. My father was a very influential person in my life. Uh, it, I came from a family that was brought up in the church. And my great grandfather actually built several churches here. From toward my life, I began to kind of sway away from things. But cars were something we always had in common. Um, And it had been after my father and I kept my mother home. Uh, She had Alzheimer's. Mm. At the very last, we had to place her in the hospital on hospice, and she died. Mm -hmm. But uh, it wasn't long after that. Before that, I had bought this DTO on the internet. Let me advise people out there. <laughs> you know, the guy sounded honest and sounded honest. <laughs> but truth be told, when I got down there, he had it in a dark building. And it was almost almost dust dark, and it's a good reason for that. Uh, had rust in places I didn't think rust could go. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, uh, you know, it smoked. Uh, you know, I figured I was going to do the motor anyway, but just so many things that were so discouraging. He's arguing. I don't want to argue with this guy, so I was loaded up, and we took it back to South Carolina. Um, the dash was so bad. You know, it's like you said. I, the devil was beating me with a baseball bat, and uh, there were days that I just felt like, man, what a waste of money. 
but my dad came down with prostate cancer. He was 84, 85. And I was taking care of him at his home. So I took the car over there and I parked it under an awning and I worked on it. And I had a parts car. And my father had come out there and he couldn't get under the car with me anymore. So he just handed me wrenches and iced tea and talked to me. We'd talk about the Lord. You know, uh, I remember one day in particular, you know, it's funny how you remember these things now, but just like you said, the devil comes to steal and destroy. It was one of those days for me. Yeah. And uh, I told Dad, I said, I'm going to take, take the goat. And we finally called him the goat, and I think you know the reason for that. Yeah. Uh, other people say gas tires and oil, but either way. <laughs> uh, I like goat better. <laughs> me too. But I told him, I said, Pop, I'm going to take it around the block. And he said, son, I wish you wouldn't do that. And I said, Dad, I'll be fine. And gas gauge, of course, didn't work. But I thought I'd put enough in it. And I got about a block from the house, and it quit. <laughs> and I got up under it and hit that tank, you know, got that hollow sound. So here I am calling my 85-year-old father. And I'm saying, Dad, uh, can you bring a gallon of gas and meet me around the block. <laughs> so here comes Dad and his Buick and his little flat top hat. He gets out, pops the truck, leans against his door, his arms folded, just whistling. Uh, bless his heart. He wanted to say anything, but he didn't. <laughs> and uh, so I start putting that gas in that car, and I look up, and I saw him, and he looked at me, and I said, it's like old times, isn't it, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. God gave me a lot of pleasure. When my father died, um, it, it was very tough on me. We yeah. were kind of like Pete and repeat. Yeah. You know, we, we finished each other's sentences. And I was really kind of angry with God. I lost my mother. We Things weren't going the greatest in the world, and I can see a lot of that now. It's my, my selfishness and my failure to listen and follow what he wanted me to do. When I think about that car, I took it to one last store, and I took it to the guy, and we've done all this work. I've replaced quarter panels on it. I rebuilt the motor. I put new, I put disc brakes on the front. I put um, new suspension. I did, it looks rough. I mean, it's got a gold hood. It was navy blue. It's got gray spots, so it looks like an Appaloosa. And it's got original torque press wheels on it. And you still have the car? You still have the car, Ray? Well, we're gonna we're gonna go to a break here. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go, Ray. Thank you so much for calling in. I love that story. That is awesome. And then Aaron, we're gonna get to you right after the break. You're listening to the Christian Car Guy, eight six six three four truth. One day I devised myself a plan that should be the envy of most any man. I'd sneak it out of there in the lunchbox in my hand. Now getting caught meant getting fired, but I figured I'd have it all by the time I retired. I'd have me a car worth at least a hundred grand. I'd get it one piece at a time, 
and it wouldn't cost me a dime. Welcome you back to the Christian Car Guy Show today, live across the nation. Um, we want to thank you so much for listening today, and we're talking about restoration projects and uh, the way Johnny Cash is talking about it there, one piece at a time. That's the way the restoration happens in my life. Uh, I wished it could happen all at once. I wished I could take a pill and everything would be done, but it seldom ever happens that way for some weird reason. But uh, today we have got Aaron from Portland, Oregon on the line. He's been waiting, goodness, about 16 or 17 minutes, Aaron, and I totally thank you for for waiting on us. But uh, talk to us about your restoration project. Uh, Good morning. No worries. I'm just getting started on uh, soldering a wiring harness. For my dad's truck. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, a couple years ago, I bought a 93 Ford Festiva, which is far from a muscle car because it has a 1.3 liter motor in it, but uh, it's pretty stripped out now and weighs about 1,700 pounds, so it, it'll be pretty quick. And uh, it was a dream of my friend in high school we had a dream of buying one and rallying it, so he moved away a long time ago, but <clears throat> I decided to carry on that dream and learn how to fix cars with this car, so it's been a long two years of learning how to replace the clutch. I mean, just everything you can do on a car, I've, I've done to this car, aside from getting into the motor, but that's for another day. Well, it'll eventually come. I, as soon as you said 93 Festiva, I thought, eh, he's a rally guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and which is really cool, too. I, I had a 69 Datsun 510. Um, we called them Datsuns. Okay. People call them Datsuns now. I don't know why they got that. Um, but uh, I had a 69 Datsun 510 that... Uh, I loved and and it was a little rally car and I I rebuilt the motor and and put several clutches in it uh, because of my bad habits and uh, um, different things like that. But always wanted to do uh, little rallies with that. We didn't have much of that out in uh, Oklahoma, but there in Portland, um, I'm guessing you guys have got uh, a little more opportunity. I love Portland, by the way, one of my favorite cities in the world. Um, my wife and I spent a couple of weeks out there this summer and my aunt lives out there and, uh, thoroughly enjoy that whole area of, uh, Portland and, and, uh, Southwest Washington. Yeah. It's, it's very nice during the summer, but the other nine months out of the year, it's cold and rainy. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> in no this, sunshine. in this restoration project, so you talked about the enticement, the enticement was you, you and a friend had a little bit of a dream. What have been the disruptions, Aaron? Um, well, the first thing was just, I never wanted to work on cars and I was, I, I'd get really frustrated, didn't know what was going on. So just the discipline of forcing myself to learn and to keep at it, but I mean, it took a good year before I even got the clutch in and got it running because I'd be too cold or too hot or didn't know what to do, and so it's finally, I got it running and driving, but couldn't get it through emissions, and then finally got that done a year later, and now I keep tearing it apart to do something else, and need to get out there and finish it within the next week for the first rally coming up. <laughs> wow so the dismantling and the healing continues um yeah. so did you have any other people come alongside you 
um, and and help you in this and and teach you? Um, at one of my last jobs, I was at a construction yard working on the cranes, and my supervisor he was he had also taught himself how to work on cars and trucks, and so I would just come to him with questions and. So he helped get get a start, but just being at that job helped get me the mechanical skills needed to even have the confidence to start working on a car. So that was pretty big. But other than that, it's been the uh, the online community for Festivas. They've helped out. Oh, I've had yeah. A, another, another friend I've had a long time, he's a Ford mechanic, and he's helped me out when I need it. Um, and then the, the dang chain... Was it Haynes and Chilton's manuals? Those are awful. What they've helped out. <laughs> I I used to uh, just uh, there used to be a manual called the Motor Manual back in the day, and and we had a whole set of those at my house, and I would sit and study those before I could drive. Even um, you know, mm-hmm. one of my teachers one time asked me if I'd ever read a book cover to cover, and I said I've read the Motor Manual, I think cover to cover, but but that's probably it. <laughs> um, but I, I used to have memorized all the, the bore and the stroke and the horsepower and the torque rating of pretty much every muscle car ever made um, through the, the late 60s anyway. I, I've forgotten most of that now. But So it's really cool, Aaron, that, that God has um, put you in a, in a place, you know, enticed you with that dream and then you know you get the car and there's a little disruption do i even know how to work on it but but then you find yourself in a place where you're learning how to work on things and and transfer those mechanical uh processes over to the car and i just think that's so cool how god moves us into that and continues that healing and restoring and i loved i loved ray's story too about you know how god used that enticement of the car, the the sixty five GTO, to get him and his dad uh, to some really cool places, and and uh, obviously they were already uh, in a good place with each other. But uh, God used that so much more to bless them, and and those are the types of things that have happened with me. I appreciate you calling in this morning, Aaron. Thank you so much, and and I hope you do really well at that rally next week. Um, yeah, all right. Thank you. I'm going to bring Jan on here. Um, Jan from Moxville, North Carolina. How are you this morning? I am so blessed and highly favored. I cannot stand it. I'm another old lady. Uh, 77 is the greatest year of my life. Um, uh, Darren. Yes, ma'am. I, I am in the body, soul, Spirit and relationship rescue and restoration. Uh, <laughs> uh, we started, my husband and I got married in 64, and I made the down payment on his very first car, which was a 64 Malibu Daytona Blue, oh. let's see, Chevelle Malibu Daytona Blue, uh, four in the floor, or was it five? Anyway, it that's was four. How it, started. it was four back okay. then. But, but you're on it. Pardon? I said, you're on it. You're on top of it. Yeah. Well, uh, we kept that little car for 10 years till we got our boys that needed car seats. Then I traded it in. He let me trade things in because uh, I was connected with cars from my dad. Uh, 
and I traded that in for a Plymouth Fury 3, which was horribly ugly, but it was a four-door sedan. <laughs> and that's the only regret that my sweetheart and I have had in 55 years of marriage is the fact that I traded that in, and he allowed it. <laughs> so now um, the, the neat thing is that in... Uh, 73 when he was going back to UNCG to um, get his MBA I was also in U- at UNCG getting my BS and I bought him a 73 MGB convertible Wow! and he, yeah and the last night he drove with the top down and this was in 80 and uh then I saw, I went to teaching school in 84 and 85 after I got my degree, and I got him an 85 white Sierra. Well, Jan, we are running We are running out of time. I hate to cut you off. I want to remind all of our listeners, please go to ChristianCarGuy.com, go to the Jesus Labor of Love tab, and donate there so that we can help more single moms and widows around the country uh, in, the, in the following days. Thank you for listening to The Christian Car Guy.